Thank you for listening to Hillview Community Church's podcast. For more information, please visit hillview.org.au. Spirit. I want to welcome, um, before I get into message, I know there's some first-time visitors here, I want to welcome you guys. Um, um, this man over here is uh, Dion. Um, I'm going to call him Dion from Tasmania, even though he doesn't live in Tasmania anymore. Because I walked up before and said, hey man, I'm Steve, and he goes, I'm Dion. I go, you're from Tasmania. Now, that wasn't a word of knowledge. That was literally, I, I met this guy in 2005 for about an hour, and somehow... Now, Derek just said I'm for signs and wonders, right? Here's the thing. This congregation know I'm terrible at remembering a name. So there you go. There's a sign and wonder this morning. I'll tell you what, that's awesome. That was pretty funny. And, um, uh, and I know we have another visitor as well. Um, and uh, I think there's a couple other visitors. So go and um, say hi to these guys. How many believe we've already heard the word of the Lord this morning? When Sarah was preaching, man, that was, that was unbelievable. I was saying, I'll just keep going, man. That was on. That was on spirit. How many think that? Um, thank you, Jesus. Father, why don't you just just pray with me? Father, we just thank you for heaven, just to invade this place right now. Father, not my words, but your words. Father, not our will, but your will. Father, Lord, we thank you that the kingdom would come. <laughs> come on, why don't you just begin to petition the Father for the kingdom? Father, I thank you, Lord, for the kingdom in this place. In Jesus' name. Father, when you come, Lord, when your kingdom comes, Lord, anything can happen. And Father, we want anything to happen right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we can ask for more, Lord, and you will grant it, Lord. I thank you that you literally wrote more in the sky. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, Gary preached on more one time at the start of the year, I don't know, 2014, something like that. We walked out the back um, after the service and literally a sign writer had written more above the building. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for more right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Thank you for more, Lord. I don't care how much we have. We thank you. Sorry, I do care. (laughs) I bless you for how much we have, but we thank you for more in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, um, it is is really important what we speak. Um, You know, Sarah was just saying, listen, what we speak is really important. And, uh, and it really is important what we speak. Um, uh, I want, uh, just before I get into the actual message, I guess, I want you to turn over to um, 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4 and verse 13. How many know what we, ha- what we speak has power? And, um, and, uh, and we want to we want to continually release blessing. And one of the things one of the things Sarah just said, I just want to pick up on the on the word of the Lord then, because we don't want to just bypass, we don't want to just go past it. And so I just want to uh, just come back to this word of the Lord for a moment. You know, one of the things that that we're learning, and and one of the things that's happening at the moment is that what we speak and how we operate determine what we receive. I'll say it again: what we speak and how we operate determine um, what we receive. So, you know, um, I've said this before, I'll say it again, you know, transition, for example, is messy sometimes. But you know what? It's a great opportunity for us to practice what we preach. Um, 
and I've seen transitions, you know, I remember being in transitions in some other places, I won't name um, those particular places, where the messiness of transition, you know, people's opinions of one another and stuff started coming out and things start coming out. And I think, um, I'm going to talk about this in a moment, but, um, but you know what? Um, and, and, pe- and people getting into the point where they were starting to grumble about all the things that don't happen or this stuff or, or, or all this kind of stuff, you know what? That actually exposes the, the, more, the more of the kingdom that we actually need. If Jesus says, um, listen, how you, um, if, you, if you're faithful with the little, then I'll give you the more. Then I want to be faithful with every word I'm saying, right? So I can have the more. As an example, um, uh, as an example um, how I treat Gary and Sarah as a leader in this moment is, is very much a great test of the kingdom because if my, if I really believe in preaching the kingdom and then and then actually treat them because they're leaving like and I'm, and we wouldn't do that you guys know that but but if I did right because I've seen this happen right um, if, if I wasn't actually celebrating who they were and celebrating who they're going to be and what they're going to do and I was rather complaining that you know things weren't you know whatever you know what that's actually I'm actually counter countering the very kingdom I preach about one thing to believe for miracles signs and wonders revelations and whatever but but when you're faced with a situation that is actually real right then the actual um, modus operandi of your heart comes out how many know that I just need to preach on the Father for a moment. Listen, the, the love of the Father, and this church has a history, I don't know if you know or not, but for 10 years, this, this church, we're a centerpiece of teaching the love of the Father to the body of Christ here in Melbourne, or, or that message when it began breaking out from Toronto. This was the, one of the centerpieces of that, and we, we helped bring that message. Isn't that true, Dave? Dave was one of the, the leadership team um, who helped champion that through the body of Christ. But the love of God message is not complete without the discipline of God. Cannot have one without the other. I'll tell you why. Okay? Because the discipline of God is actually not that he's punishing you. Here's my point. If I had Ezekiel, and Ezekiel's 14 years of age, and he wants to go and do something, that's one thing, or or five years of age or whatever, but when he's 20, how many of you parents know that you need to allow your son and daughter to make choices even if it's bad. And it's one thing for us to, be, and we need to believe in the love of God and, and believe in the love of God, but the, the love of God allowed Peter to say, because I want you to come into your, into your call, I'm going to take my hand of protection off you, allow your heart to be exposed for a moment until the glory of God comes into your heart right and that very thing is overcome because what you're praying for i can't give you unless you make the choice yourself how many know that but while we're in the actual situation we then began complaining to the lord that he's doing it despite the fact that he didn't do it he just literally we do every day of the week despite the fact that he just he just he just didn't answer or or he took his hand off or whatever but it actually allows our heart to be exposed is that true? And we call it the discipline of the Lord simply because 
of, of Hebrews chapter 12. My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord because he, he, he disciplines every person he accepts. But see, here's the thing. A father has to take a long-term view. The short-term view is, listen, um, you, you want that, you've got it. The long-term view is, you want, to, you want to be mature? No problem at all. I'll bring you along this path, okay? But, I, but I'm going to let you make some decisions that I know you're probably going to make it the wrong way. I know you're going to do that. But, but I want you to learn by it. My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord. This is Hebrews chapter 12. For he chastens every son he accepts, and it produces a harvest of righteousness for those who are trained by it. Now, hear that last part. It produces a harvest of righteousness for those who are trained by it. You can absolutely not be trained by a circumstance or situation. How many of us have been round a mountain before? Oh, okay, sorry, I'll speak to myself. Well, you, you guys are not the people, but for me, I've been around a mountain once, twice, maybe 10 times, right? Now, when you start to see patterns in your life, you should be going, you know what? The Lord actually wants to teach me something in this moment. Because He wants to shift something in your spirit. He, he's at, it's actually the kindness of God that's saying, listen, I want to birth something in you and some, something that produces faith and character. Um, suffering produces perseverance, it says. Perseverance, uh, I'm, I'm going to get this, the actual wording incorrect. I can't, I, I can't remember the exact verse, so I won't go back there, but... Um, produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character, hope, right? And, and, so, um, and so it produces something in you, but you do not have to be trained by it or you can be. So I want to encourage us when circumstances and situations come that, um, that it's actually the kindness of God. And when you take that position, guess what? God manifests glad I'm, I'm uh, speaking to three people in this meeting. Come on. <laughs> I don't need the encouragement. I just, I, I just like to make sure people are hearing it, right? All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Who's there? In verse 13. Thank you, Father. Who's ready for the cloud of glory to come in this room? We got one, definitely. <laughs> we having the same spirit of faith according according as it is written, believed and therefore I have spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Now, you might be looking at a different translation. I'm deliberately reading the King James. The King James is a transliteration, meaning it picks up on the specific words. You know, the NIV, um, some of these other translations, they try to understand what was being said as opposed to picking up on the exact words. King James um, and the American Standard Version both go after the exact word and really just try and give you the word itself. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore I have what? Spoken. If you, if you get asked, why, why do I have to speak in prayer? Well, you, you don't in some ways. In some ways, when you're operating on your own in the spirit realm, sometimes, um, sometimes you know, through faith, you can just speak to something um, supernaturally and make it happen. I, I've had, you know, that's the knowing of the spirit. However, there is a power in the spoken word. Um, God has given us the ability to do that. And so, now I want, you to, I want you to pick up on two things. The word faith and the word belief there. Did you, have, did you know that the word faith is a noun? It's a noun. It's actually a person. We having the spirit of faith. And I love the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith for me is the 
it is the absolutely uncompromising, not in your mental conviction process, where you know that you know that you know, and nothing, it's not a mind issue. It's the faith that comes from the Father that consumes you, that goes, it is what it is. You can tell me what you want, but it's not a mental conviction problem. However, the word believing is a verb. It's something you do, and it is a mental conviction problem. I believed and therefore I spoken. So, what does it say? We having the same spirit of faith, which is who? who who's, if it's a noun, what's it describing? We having the same spirit of faith. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right? The Father. The spirit of faith that has become evident within us, according to as it is written, we have believed and therefore we have spoken. We believe first and therefore we've spoken. Okay, so we begin to believe. We begin to believe in what? In, but, you know, Jesus says, before you pray, believe that you've received it and then it shall be yours. Yeah? And we've sp- therefore we've spoken. So speak. Make your words line up with what you believe. Okay? And I'll show you in a moment where, where that might be interesting. And therefore we, um, we also believe and therefore speak, right? Therefore I have spoken, we also believe and therefore speak because there's this, there's this ability that happens that when you begin to believe and you speak what you believe, you then believe it more and you speak more. How many knows that's a cool thought thing? How many know that your thought, your, um, literally in your brain, your mind can, can be convinced by what you continue to speak to yourself? This is why people, you know, I heard the other day, this is a classic, Arnold Schwarzenegger on TV in Austria when he was a bodybuilder. They said to him, what are you going to do in the future? He said, I'm going to move to America and I'm going to get into politics. I'm going to be in American politics. From bodybuilding. You couldn't write that script. But he was 100% convinced and began speaking it over his life until it comes to pass. Now listen, it's not the secret. It's just a fact. You speak what you believe. I speak and therefore I am. I speak... And then that convinces my mind and, and I get more believing from the fact that I'm speaking. But a lot of times we like to speak grumbling. As people, we prefer to speak what's not happening rather than what is happening. That's actually our natural preference. I don't, I, I'm not speaking about Hillview. I'm speaking about the church down the road and myself. But it is a natural preference. Thank you, Jesus. If you, re, if you want to read James chapter 3, right and it talks to you about listen the tongue is a fire it's 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 got the ability to set a place on sale a direction and all that but out of the same um tongue comes both good waters and bad waters how many know that it's weird why does that happen i don't know but it does why is it that the israelites had so i've said this so many times i find it so amazing that they would say to the lord show me a sign and they would be grumbling but literally manna is falling from heaven right in front of them. There's signs and wonders right in front of them, and yet they can remember <laughs> the grumbling, but, but the signs and wonders are literally right there in that moment. How crazy is that? Now, if you can keep your mind to remember signs and wonders that the Lord's done for you, you know, you come to a situation and you go, I just want to, before I do anything, I'm going to do what David did. I'm going to recount the very 
prophet, the, the very words of the Lord, the signs and wonders of the Lord. I'm just going to go begin to do it with them. That's why David says, I, I lay awake on my bed recounting the signs and wonders. Because when he came to the next giant, he just goes, hang on, let me just pause back in a sec. I was with a lion, and a lion is a hundred times more powerful than me, and I ripped it from shred to shred. And then I came to that, that, that lion called Goliath, which most of us would be freaking out at. And then, I, and then I remembered that God had done that with the lion, so I did that with him. And then I'd done it with this one, and then I've done it with this one, and then I went after this one. And then Saul tried to kill me, and that didn't matter. And you know what? Every one of you have a testimony like that. Now, I love that Sarah went and ministered to the Anglican women. And I was having this conversation last night with another minister. I won't name who, and I won't name the, the process. But she was saying it was so liberating for her because she'd been at a Holy Spirit place, and she's ministered a lot into places that um, do not have openness to the Holy Spirit. So she was told consistently, talk about the Holy Spirit, but don't talk about the gift of tongues. And she'd, she'd be like, oh, that's so, it's just not the whole gospel. You know, and so she felt, you know, but now she went to another place that she began to speak in the Holy Spirit. And they, they said, just go for it. And she just, she, she said, just the radical power of the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite things to do is to go to a church that, loves the Holy Spirit, is so interested in the Holy Spirit, but has no experience yet. That's one of the funnest things to do, right? It really is, because you begin introducing people to the Holy Spirit, and they're at their face. Um, you know, I remember one time we did, I, I did this with a Baptist church, and I took them through the scriptures of Jesus being seated in heaven while on earth, and, you know, this is, I want to, yeah, no, it's 2005, and, um, and they, they were hungry, and they believed the scripture, but, but they had nothing going on. So I took them through the scriptures with the Baptist church because they're so good at scripture, you want to do that. And then waited for 40 minutes for the Holy Spirit to break out and boom. And these, the, the, the sign of that night, I mean, there was signs and wonders everywhere, but two guys who were shuffling, like literally like shuffling, like trying to, they wanted to run out of the, the meeting because they were so anti what I was saying. Um, they, they stood to the back and I didn't try and pray for anyone that night because I wanted to demonstrate the Holy Spirit, which means I didn't want to lay hands on people. I wanted to... Holy Spirit to come on people because it proved to them that it was completely God. And, you know, we had a, a, a Buddhist dude in the front had a third heaven experience and met Jesus and got saved right there. We had a dude get, like, a dude have a crazy healing. We had, a, you know, crazy deliverance. Everything and everything was going on in this meeting. And, um, uh, but these two guys were at the back trying to keep away, but they couldn't get out of the door because the Holy Spirit had arrested them. And so, and so these, uh, and so one of the guys went to them and got to pray with, and th th they kind of liked and got to pray with them, and they got hit by the love of the Father and began wailing, crying, wailing, crying, for about I would say 40 minutes. And they got up, and I've never seen redness around the eyes like this before. And they said, "Listen, we've been at Bible college. We preached against the stuff you talked about, but but we we just encountered the love of God. I'm so sorry." And, and they didn't have to say sorry to me. Like, I couldn't care less. But, but I, I mean, I could. I, I loved it. But to me, that was when you know you're winning. But I'll tell you what. That's, that's, that's the problem when you, you can grieve the Holy Spirit by, by saying only this far but not that. That's their problem. Our problem is familiarity. We don't, we don't in, in, you know, we don't grieve the church. Can, can, I, can I just be rea real with you guys? I'm not trying to condemn anyone. This isn't a condemning situation. I'm just saying that, listen, us who know the Holy Spirit, we grieve through familiarity because we, we expect this is the way you're going to move, Lord. This is what you're going to do. This is, uh, you know, I've seen you do this before. You're not doing it. 
we grieve through familiarity. They grieve through stopping the, the actual move of the Holy Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? Both are as bad as each other. In fact, I would say this is actually worse than that simply because we know better. And I'm talking to me, guys. Don't hear it as a condemnation. This is, this is just part of the human condition. I haven't got into one thing I was going to say today yet. This is hilarious. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. How many is getting something so far? Father, we just repent right now and rebuke familiarity in Jesus' name. We never want to become familiar with your presence to the point that we don't expect it. That's a good word right there. Exodus chapter 33. time we got 11.33. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance, calling it the tent of meeting. So they're in the desert at the moment. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent. Say anyone. Outside the camp. My first question to you is why outside the camp? Why pitch it outside the the camp? They've got the tabernacle of glory right in the center or at least it came in the center um, a little bit later. But why the tent of meeting outside? Has anyone ever thought of that? Sometimes you need to come in a different atmosphere. You need to come under a different atmosphere to receive the word of the Lord. You know, what? one of the things Andrew and I do is when we go to, go to hear the word of the Lord, we try and make sure we, we absolutely don't do those meetings in our house because we come under our own atmosphere. We actually go to somewhere that's a different atmosphere if we can, and usually we're looking for an atmosphere um, of vision and, and, and that sort of atmosphere, but, but it's outside the camp. Sometimes you've actually got to go outside, and sometimes you've got to go outside the atmosphere. But even spiritually speaking, how many know that Daniel was in Babylon, but Babylon wasn't in Daniel? Did you know he was trained in all the ways of the Chaldeans? How many know that? How many know that all the ways of the Chaldeans tra- all the ways of the Chaldeans, and I'm about to blow some people's minds here, included witchcraft. He was called a magician because he was trained in the black arts. I'm not joking. And yet his heart never submitted to it once. That is phenomenal. But that is not everyone's call. Let me, let me say it that way. Only certain people could do that. But he had a different atmosphere despite the fact that he was in the atmosphere. Sometimes we need to go, you know what? This atmosphere is not the atmosphere I know of the kingdom. Therefore, I'm going to step in a different atmosphere and I'm going, to, I'm going to come into the tent of meeting atmosphere right now. Despite the fact that nothing else is happening around me, I don't care. I am the atmosphere. Who wants to go in and shift, shift in the kingdom things that cannot be shifted? apparently learn to have your atmosphere with heaven your tent of meeting with heaven to the point where it doesn't the outside atmosphere has no impact on you but the internal impact of the holy spirit has impact on you you know um the team and i we went to sri Lanka. you know um uh jillian and i were talking this week and and um the second the second village we went into we we went up to a um 
like literally uh, Maris and I and um, uh, Maris and I and Lisa walked up literally right past the warlock's um, house. And, and the thing was, he had no touch on us because the Holy Spirit had spoken. Now, you don't want to do that unless the Holy Spirit had spoken. But the Holy Spirit had spoken. People had prayed. It was fine. We just walked straight up. And he had no authority on me. What I didn't realize is that when I got back, the Lord obviously give, uh, half the time gives you hindsight deliberately. What I didn't realize is he wasn't just your average warlock. He was actually, a, 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 he's actually got a, a territorial type thing on him. And I didn't realize till afterwards and i don't mean him i mean the the thing that's that he's 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 promoting has a territorial thing on him but the fact is he had no he has no authority because the holy spirit spoke it at the time and the atmosphere that we carry is greater than the atmosphere that's in that in that place when it's by led by the holy spirit because all those who are led by the spirit of god are what sons and daughters of god jesus did what he saw his father doing amen when you do what you you, your, your fa- you see your father's doing it's pretty easy it's not that hard so back to this so they're in the tent of meeting inquiring of the lord and whenever moses went out to the tent all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents watching moses until he entered the tent do you want to be the people who watch or do you want to be the people who are in as moses went into the tent the pillar of a cloud came would come down and stay at the entrance while the lord spoke with moses Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud at the entrance of the tent, they stood and worshipped each at their own tent. Now, that's a good principle right there. Now, even if you don't... Um, um, one, of the thing, one of the things that's a really good way to get your, your words lined up and begin to see signs and wonders is begin to thank the Lord and, and, and celebrate every time something happens. If you're a person of praise and celebration, you'll see more every time than if you're a person of talking about what's not happening. You know what? Jesus doesn't respond to what's not happening. He responds to faith and praise. Did you know that? Faith and praise are the currencies that he goes after. Um, what we don't, what we speak about. So, so we're sitting there and we're going, oh, but God, it's been so many years. I'm not in this. I'm not in that. I haven't been on whatever. I haven't been this. But you're actually, he's going, but as a son, I want you to get to the point that you're celebrating every moment so that I'm unlocking as you're speaking the very thing you're, you're complaining to me about. Someone hearing me? I guess you guys don't do that, but, um, but I do. So, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud at the entrance, they stood and worshipped each at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. How many want to have face to face? As a man speaks to his friend. Thank you, Jesus. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young A. Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Listen, when we're talking about, we've been talking as a, as a team. And listen, I, as, there is something I need to say, by the way, around, around the transition that I said on, on, on Wednesday night. Listen, um, we, we haven't necessarily made this clear, but listen, um, there's good things happening in the spirit. I do need to say that Andrea and I and um, Ray and Di, and I'm speaking on behalf of Ray and Di, but I don't have a permission to, are not going anywhere. There's no, there's no plan at all to go anywhere. There's good things happen. There'll be some announcements um, around this stuff um, at a later point, but the Holy Spirit's giving us a download. But I will say that, that what we're more interested in doing, um, so hear me clearly, I did not say, I did not say Andrea and I are taking that role. That was not what I said. What I did say is we're not going anywhere. Okay, so let's just be clear on that point. 
um, but we will come back to you guys with some um, with, with what we feel like the Holy Spirit's saying uh, a little bit later on. But what we are doing is saying, listen, who do we want to be? Because the Lord cares, the Father cares more about who you become than what you become. He cares more about the, the eternal outcome and the longer-term outcome than He does about a short-term scenario, and he ca- therefore He cares more about the process than He does about the actual outcome. We always want the outcome. We do, as humans, we always want the outcome. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm included. When, I, when I'm going for praying, I want the sign and wonder right there. I mean, I, my, my, thing, my thing is now, right? Like, and I'm part of that generation. I'm more and more part of that generation the younger they, they get. But that's, that's, that's a gift that's also on this generation. The gift is also your greatest weakness. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. If, the, if you want it now, that's a great strength but because you're, you're thinking now time. But it's also a, a, a weakness in that we're looking for it in the, in the moment only as opposed to expecting the Lord is doing a process with us and that He cares more about the process than He does about the outcome. Good preaching, Stephen. Well done. Hallelujah. And who we want to be is this. And I'm I'm pretty sure I speak for most people. Above every single ministry, above every single program we could do, above every other piece that we could do, the presence of God, first and foremost. We're not doing it without the presence, guys. Moses said to the people, this is verse 12, you've been telling telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know when you will send me. You've said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you, say know you, and continue to find favor with you. Remember, this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said, listen, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish your people from all the other places on the face of the earth? Listen, you can stamp the front, you can stamp the word church on any any building anywhere around the world and you can get a a group of people there that does not make a church. The only thing that distinguishes us from every other place is not the social committee. It's not the gift of administration, although I love that. I absolutely love gift administration. And by the way, did you know that the gift of administration is absolutely not photocopying? It's not event coordinating either. The gift of administration, I'm a bit detour, but just so you understand it, is the word kubinesis. It actually means to steer the ship. How many of you realize that? Hence why Paul Yongi Cho, how many know who Paul Yongi Cho is? And that church, half a million people in a single church do you know how it came to pass? Came to pass through prayer because everything comes to pass through prayer. Came to pass through Paul Yongi Cho, but it actually came to pass through his mother-in-law, who was a gift of administration and figured out how to administer that many people. Because how many know you can't build a church of half a million without some administration? And I can't I tell you, you can't build a church of 100 without some administration. We bless the gift of administration and it isn't a photocopying back room gift. It is a central piece. And any gift that fits in is actually a central piece in the body of Christ. It's not like the apostles and prophets are up here, pastors and teachers, and right down the bottom is the poor gift of administration. But we do think of it that way sometimes. 
I know you don't. Maybe I do. Rebuke that. You you guys can pray for me. I just took a detour. Where was I? That's the problem with doing detours, isn't it? I'm testing whether you're listening. This This is actually what it was. I was testing whether you're listening. No, before that. The presence of God. That's right. That's right. So above every single ministry, above everything that we can do, can I tell you, you can go without the presence. I can put the name church, we can go and build something, we can do cool stuff, but unless it includes the full encounter of the Holy Spirit, that's the one thing that Andrew and I would say, look, if if you guys want to do that, we wouldn't be here, right? And I know you don't. I know most people in this room are like, listen, we're here because we want to encounter God. Hillview's always been that, isn't that true, Dave? It was built on that foundation. It is not stopping on that foundation. And I want us to get stronger on that foundation. But listen, when we gather, we all should come expecting literally for the cloud of glory. And that can happen in this media, it can happen in coffee shops, it can happen whatever. But listen, if this year is I am possible, um, I, I, uh, there's a real call in the spirit right now to say, is it possible? And we need to determine, is it possible? Is it possible that literally what Moses had comes into this meeting? Then let's get our words to line up with our very belief system until our belief system becomes faith and faith releases exactly what it says it's going to release. John told me, John Arnott, who, who passed this congregation for 10 years, told me, he said, listen, before the outpouring with Gary and Sarah in 2007, he said, he said, I got convinced about three years prior that God wanted to move. And he said, you couldn't tell me otherwise. God wanted to move. And people were telling me, listen, yeah, yeah, we, we need to put structures. He was like, listen, God wants to move. He just, he just said he, something came into him and he began speaking it until he believed it. And when he believed it, he had the faith. And when the faith, and then... You know, we know the history. 2007, there was an outbreak here. Lasted every night for, for an entire year. 200 people, you know, especially in that first uh, three months or the first 21 days, and Dave was there and there's a bunch of people in this room that were there. You know, I saw, a, I, think, I think the most extraordinary miracle I've ever witnessed was in that meeting. And as I said, I've, as you know, I've seen eyes physically come back, but I would say that the most extraordinary miracle I've ever seen was, was the, the, the child with, a child. He was 21 years of age, but he looked eight. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was, Dave. But anyway, it, it was a he had Crohn's disease and about two other diseases or something like that. And he'd never spoken, never walked, never anything. Sorry, no, he'd walked, and he, but but he'd never spoken. And uh, you know, he looked he looked like he was eight. He was 21 years of age, and he began saying Jesus and twirling, you know, and yelling. And his parents start crying, you know, watching this, you know, um, but. But the thing is, but it's been based, based on that foundation. But listen, we've got more. And um, we had an amazing prayer meeting this week and, and Robin rebuked the spirit of unbelief and I love it. I, I encourage you to do that. Because in fact, you can, you can do, I, I'm, I give you permission to do that to me. Because every single inch of unbelief needs to get removed until such time as faith actually occupies that place now i said this a little while ago and i'll say this now did you know that you can that that 
that, what happens in your brain is that, is that through experience and through, um, I won't go into all the science of it, your brain has a thought process that, listen, in 0.3 of a second, it's already made a decision on a piece of information. So when I say something, 0.3 of a second, your brain has actually put your thought processes down a particular track and started going down that track automatically. Now, I taught on this a while ago. This is, uh, this is when I was teaching about the mind of Christ. And so, you know, some of our experiences are unconsciously, we're actually not really believing, right? That's actually true. This is why, um, you know, this, the word of the Lord is powerful to divide between, um, divide between spirit and soul, yeah? Because not all our thoughts are, are from the Lord. Well, listen, um, I, I said at the same time, what's amazing though, that's the negative. What's amazing though is it takes potentially three times to retrain a brain. So I can have faith in three moments of retraining my own brain. Wow, that's cool. So unconsciously, before you even say something, I come to someone who needs healing, and in this case, it's someone who's disabled. And instead of the thought process being, Jesus, I'm going to need you to come through here, the thought process is, this person's about to get out of the wheelchair. This is going to be amazing. See the difference? That's faith. 0.3 of a second but faith is the actual knowing it's way past the mind okay so um that was a little detour just you know you can have that one for free how many enjoyed that one my point is you can continue to speak and you will believe it yeah how many of us are speaking the experiences we've been given in the past and saying thank you jesus because you know that lord's about to upgrade you The first thing is the presence of God. The second thing is that relationships matter and how we do relationships. And that's why um, with the Lord, but also, and he sees in secret. And that's why, um, that, that's why we're, um, we're, we're so happy that we get to send Gary and Sarah out into the body of Christ. It's such an honor for us to release that to the kingdom because one of our highest values is the kingdom. And therefore, we, we know we're receiving even though we, we're going to miss them. Is that true? The, the third really is transformation that we have to be transformed, which I've just been speaking on, that we have to be transformed to be like Jesus because um, we're, not, we're not Jesus. There's not a person in who, who is Jesus, but you have Jesus within us. But yet he says, listen, be like me and be transformed by the renewing of your what? The spirit. Be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. What? What are you shaking your heads at me? Re renew by the transformed of your mind, incidentally. Why? Because in your mind is the actual battleground, and that's where you're going to choose to believe or you're not going to believe. And that's what I'm saying. You can actually teach yourself in your mind uh, through, the whole, through the power of the Holy Spirit to believe and keep speaking until it actually believes, and then it upgrades into faith where you never question anymore. The question on whether Jesus, the theology of, of whether Jesus wants to heal is a classic because it's, it's one of those ones that you can teach till the cows come home and people will get healed and healed and healed that Jesus wants to heal and he, and he doesn't, isn't the author of sickness. You can teach it till the cows come home and people will believe you sort of until they go, oh, but the Lord is trying to teach me from the sickness. Now, here's the thing. The Lord might be trying to teach you from that sickness. I don't doubt that because, as I said, he uses things to teach you. But that doesn't mean in any way, shape, or form that sickness 
is from him. That is completely different. And it was Dowie in, in it was Alexander Dowie, a Melbourne person, who, came, who, who got given the revelation by an angel that, listen, Jesus went around doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. It's oppression. It's flat-out oppression every time. I don't care if it's a cold. I don't care if it's motor neuron disease, Crohn's disease. I don't care if you're disabled. I don't care schizophrenia. Whatever it is, it is oppression. And it shouldn't be tolerated. But when it's a cold, it's easy for us to tolerate. A bit harder for us to tolerate when it's cancer. But the same veracity should be there for any of it. Great word as well. Hallelujah. <laughs> you guys are quiet today. That the presence would go with us. That we would be a body that, that puts the presence first and expects the presence to come. Right? That number two, that, that our relationships matter, that we look after each other, that we, that we re- relate to one another, relate to the Father, relate to one another. Um, that our time with the Father and our vertical relationship and our, our, our relationships like that matter, that transformation, that we should be transformed. And, and finally, really, that we expect the kingdom to be absolutely um, delivered and demonstrated. Now, listen, if you went to Toronto before the outpouring, Mark DuPont gave a word to them and said, listen, it's going to be like Niagara Falls. You are going to, there's going to be a revival that is going to break out that is going to train the world on the Holy Spirit. Now, get John and Carol had things happening for years before that broke out because they had a culture and they had a focus and they were hungry and they were whatever. So they put that effort in. But at the same time, when that word came, they were kind of like, really? You know, because you go... 150 people, I'm going to train the world on revival? That doesn't sound right. Do you know what I mean? You kind of go, hang on, hang on, logic-wise. And that's okay because the Lord honoured the, the faith and whatever, the, the, the hunger and the focus of that and the culture that they built. But we can have a culture of revival that the Lord will every time do something with the kingdom, with us, if we expect that. You can have 20 people in a room and transform the world. You can have 15,000 and do nothing. Without the presence of God and without the hunger to do something in the kingdom, you will do nothing. Set first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. The kingdom of God is paramount. And that means that the kingdom of God is not just Hillview or not just a church. It means that it is... Uh, literally the kingdom being established in any single avenue that the Holy Spirit speaks to us to establish it in. It means that we, we honour and help every other church we can find because, to be honest, the kingdom is, is infinitely more important than how this congregation, other than the fact that when we come together, we should be expecting to receive of the kingdom of God and of heaven. Can I tell you what the benchmark is for church? Who wants to hear what the benchmark is for church? Someone, someone maybe yell it out at me. Oh, well, no, that's such a random statement. You could go off with, you know, whatever. To me, the benchmark for church is heaven. Are, you, are we encountering that yet? Mm, every now and then, partially, right? Like we got it partially. But listen, that's the benchmark. Why do I say that? How did Jesus tell you how to pray? On heaven. <laughs> on heaven on earth as it is in heaven and vice versa 
He told you, to, he told you to, that he was praying that you become in him and he become in you to the point where um, it literally overtakes you to the same degree that the Father is in Jesus. That's the prayer that blows my mind. Out of all of it, that's the prayer that blows my mind. And I don't want familiarity and, and 20 years of the kingdom and of glory that we've had in here to prevent us from moving into the very glory that the Holy Spirit has got for us. Is that true? It has the power to do that. The very familiarity of who Jesus was actually took away the very power of, of Jesus himself to actually do signs and wonders. This is, the, this is literally the Son of God. And, and their own familiarity could stop them doing that. Well, I don't want us to be that people. I want us to be the people that come in and go, Holy Spirit, we need you again. We are so desperate. You know, this week, before I wrap up, James Maloney, um, we, we had an uh, amazing time with uh, James Maloney this week. He was speaking at a conference. And James is one of the fathers in the faith. And he was part of a, a move called the Golden Candlestick. And, um, and so there's some people that heard this testimony, they were in that, the meeting and some people that would know this. And, and um, the golden candlestick was, I, I think it was about the 20s. I haven't gone and researched it properly. I'm just r- really relating what James said. But um, in about the 20s, they came from a Bible school and they determined that they were going to covenant together to pray and seek the Holy Spirit together. Well, they did so for 53 years, six nights a week. But by the time James Maloney came along, they were worshipping every week. By the time he said, I lit- there was one meeting I literally said, you know this gold dust stuff you guys have? And he goes, yeah. He goes, literally one time I had to move the gold dust out of the atmosphere so I could see what was happening in the meeting because it was hanging in there. How many know we're not at that stage yet? Yet. That's a possibility in the Holy Spirit, guys. He said at one stage, I was, uh, there was the, like, they would get transported all the time and go to other nations and preach and stuff like that, which this, that's happened all through, if you don't believe me, that's happened all through church history. Come to Revival History one time when I, when I preach on Revival History, the, the series, and you'll hear all about it. But it's happened all, all the way through church history. But, but they were getting transported into, um, into the Islamic countries particularly and preaching to people and bringing them to Jesus and praying and doing a bunch of stuff and really releasing what is now the 1040 window that... That, um, that we're now praying for, right? Thank you, Jesus, for those 53 years, those, those people for 53 years. He said, at one stage, we're in a meeting and, and I'm standing there and I look up and suddenly here's this, like he said, like 13 foot. If I, I, I'm pretty sure that was the feet he said. I think it was 13 foot. Was it 13? Something like that? 13 foot, yeah. 13 foot elder, like guy just standing there and he had this long elongated beard and whatever and he looked at him and he's like, what the heck? And he's like, you're behind this guy. And he said to the guy who's he, one of the guys, um, he said, who is this guy? He said, oh, he's just one of the 24 elders. Just, like it was normal for them. But the thing is, they had the spirit of glory and they had, the, they had commitment in the Holy Spirit. And because they did, they received of that. Now, James, um, James was picked out by one of them in a town and James was told to come in to uh, meet them and they came to him and said, listen, we've been waiting for you for 53 years because we, we've got to give what we have to you. Now, he had an angel come to him at that stage at 17 years of age physically and say to him, listen, um, what I've just given to you, you're going to give to the body of Christ someday, but it's not time yet and well, I'll tell you how to do it. Guess where his first place he got to release it? Sorry, not the first place he's got to release it, he's released it before, but he said really the first time um, 
A few years back, um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I know I'm continuing a little bit late today, but this is important. A few years back, um, sorry, was it a few years? No, it was a few months, I think. I'm not a bit sketchy on the details, so just pause on that. Like, you know, let me just say, I'll tell you when I'm sketchy on the details so you know. But, but he went back to his hometown and he had a word from Bill Johnson that really rocked him about the inheritance of what he had and giving it away to the body of Christ. And, and he's in this, um, he gets back to his hometown and he goes to preach and, they, and the last living disciple of that 53 years, they ca- wanted to go to the meeting. So they had to carry her in. Apparently they had to carry her in because she's been praying so long on her knees that they didn't work anymore. So they carry her into the meeting. She gets dropped down. She, grabs, she, 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 says, to the, she says to him, listen, um, a man spoke to you a couple of days ago about inheritance and about giving away to the body of Christ. I can now, uh, I'm now ready to pour oil over you and when you go and release what you release, you know, the whole body of Christ will be connected to that very move. And so, so he, she poured oil over him because she gave him a word of knowledge about this so he knew it was God and whatever. So she poured oil over him and then said, I can go be with Jesus. Five days later, she passed away in her sleep. That's a, that's a hero in the faith. When you meet her, the, the, the word hero is going to be all over her back and front, right? That's amazing, isn't it? These are, these are the people that, you're going to be cha- that are going to be, I would say, in a very high position in heaven. You know, it's not necessarily the signs and wonders, prophets and apostles, although they bless them. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't mean it that way, but I just mean it's not what we men would think of. It's the humble. And, um, and, so, and, and so my understanding, that was only a couple of months ago, I believe, because he said, I'm moving into the fourth phase of my ministry that God predicted to me via an angel. And really the first place I'm coming is Melbourne. And so he connected. He, he then went and released this impartation and so that same move that happened with those people for 53 years is here in this room right now by divine connection. Because we, we often believe it if we get prayed for, laid on of hands or whatever. But, but and, and he was deliberately telling these stories to create the faith, to create the connection pathway. But if you can believe that they are your foundation, that is literally our inheritance. How many want that? You know, what would happen if the Lord, you know, just rocked up and we had 53 years of glory from here? Wow. Moravians had 100 years. 100-year prayer meeting didn't stop for seven, for, for 100 years, seven days a week. Man, I want the presence of God. You with me? What we speak is important. And so I want us to begin speaking that the Lord would break out uh, with an unusual glory. And when I say unusual, I say that because the Lord has spoken to us that it will not look the same as before. So if you expect it the same as before, you will not receive it because it is different from what it has been, no question about. But I want you to start speaking consistently. When you think of Hillview, I want you to start speaking, Father, we're not going without your presence and we want that unusual glory. benchmark is heaven guys the benchmark is heaven in us to the degree that it was in jesus and more why because jesus walked in heaven john chapter 3 okay walked in heaven while on earth don't believe me look it up it says there um no one has ascended into heaven the son of man who has descended from heaven the son of man who is in heaven 
That is our inheritance. That is exactly our benchmark. And, our, and what that looks like in terms of the kingdom of God, I don't know. And that's a, that's a, good, that's a good thing for us to find out, yeah? Will you stand with me? Father, I thank you for the kingdom right now. I thank you right now for signs and wonders. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for the sign and wonder of the hungry right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the sign and wonder right now of the hunger of the Holy Spirit. I just want to repeat a, a prophetic word that Gary just slipped into his, 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 uh, his preaching about two weeks ago. I'm, just, well, I'm going to repeat two, two words from the prophets. Prophet Sarah Morgan, Hillview, pick up your dreams because the Holy Spirit says that the dreams are about to come to pass. He wants you to pick it up. Pick it up meaning you've got to physically do something. Faith requires a physical action. You cannot say you have faith but have no physical action. It's not possible. You cannot say you, you have faith. You can say you believe, but you cannot say you have faith without an actual physical action. The James, James chapter 2. That's Prophet Sarah Morgan. Prophet Gary Morgan. Desperation is about to be replaced by desire. How many know that's an amazing prophetic word? Can you lift your hands with me? Father, we're asking for the prophetic gift of desire in Jesus' name, the same gift that was on Catherine Kuhlman's life. Father, I thank you for Catherine Kuhlman, who was so hungry for you. When she would stand there, she would say, you're the only person. He's the only thing I've got. He's the only thing I can depend on. He's the only person. And the very presence of God would break out every single place she went. When she walked in the building, whole people would come under the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for Lonnie Frisbee. The evangelist, Lord, who has the same hunger, Lord, had that hunger and hundreds and hundreds of people came to the Lord through the Jesus people movement. Lord, I bless it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the hunger right now of the golden candlestick people and the faithfulness. Lord, we bless them, Lord God, for praying for the hunger and, the, and, and that spirit of that gift of hunger and the, that gift of perseverance that came upon them to go for revival. And they went for it, Lord, for 53 years, six nights a week for Francis Metcalf. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just release that kind of hunger right now in Jesus' name. Father, we just release that kind of desire in Jesus' name. Someone's, um, I want you to stay in the spirit and keep going for hunger. I'm asking one of the worship team just to come back um, and just play guitar or something like that or, or keys or whatever. But just keep going for the Holy Spirit, please. Stay in the Holy Spirit for the gift of desire. Someone's... Um, someone, uh, 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 like a liver problem. It's not a liver, it's not a stomach, it's somewhere in between um, problem. But it's on the right-hand side. It's on the right-hand side. I want you to come forward in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you right now, Lord, for the for the breaker anointing, Father, that we received in that, in that meeting. Father, in Jesus' name, we just release a breakthrough in the Spirit right now in Jesus' name. We just confer upon Hillview that breakthrough Spirit that was imparted to us through the laying on of hands, through... James Maloney and, and Bill Johnson. And Father, we thank you right now, Lord God, for that moving of the waters right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for the angels stirring the waters. Father, I thank you for every thought process that exalts itself against the gift of faith, that exalts itself against the faith of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just command it right now to cut in Jesus' name. Right now, I just loose the glory of God in Jesus' name. Who's that person with a stomach condition? Come forward in Jesus' name. We just release the power of God in Jesus' name. Just come forward. Just come forward. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Stand right in the middle. Thank you, Lord. 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 
Lord, we just thank you for an encounter of heaven in Jesus' name. We just thank you for the encounter of heaven in Jesus' name. We just thank you for the encounter of heaven in Jesus' name. We thank you for the angels. We thank you for the 24 elders. We thank you, Lord God, that it is our divine right to approach boldly the throne of grace. Father, I release right now, Lord God, just a, a wave of emotional healing as well in Jesus' name and spirit healing in Jesus' name in the sense, Lord, that the, that, that, that which has been completely abused, Father, where abuse has taken hold and has entrenched itself so deeply, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command it to come out. Heaven is your, is your, is your, is your inheritance. Just begin to worship Him, guys. If you want to come forward, you come forward. If you want to do it from where you are, do it from where you are. But just begin to release the high praises. The high praises are actually not the shouting. They're actually the melody. High actually, that high actually means the melody of the Holy Spirit. Just begin to, just begin to worship the Lord as heaven just comes down in this place. Father, heaven is our benchmark. You are our benchmark, Lord. Thank you for that divine hunger, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that divine energy. Those whose faith, you feel that something overweight when I've spoken today, I've awakened faith. And when Jesus has spoken today, He's awakened faith in you. I just want to lift, I want you to lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just release the energizing of faith right now in Jesus' name. The energizing of faith to go for more right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you put divine possibilities right now in people's minds. Divine possibilities just coming into people's minds right now. And thank you, Lord. And I want you, when you get those divine possibilities, just to begin to thank the Lord for it because the Lord can do what He says He can do, but we've got to speak faith. We've got to speak belief until it becomes faith. I see heaven. Thank you for heaven. Thank you, Lord God, for the throne of grace. Thank you for the martyrs. Lord, I bless you, Lord God, for the, that you see us in righteousness, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you've given us access. I thank you, Lord God, that it's open to us right now. Thank you that you are knocking on the door, waiting for someone who would open the door for you. Father, we open the doors right now. We open the gates right now in Jesus' name. We open the gates to create into heaven right now. We open the gates to create. We open the gates. Come on, decree it. We open the gates. 
send your angel ahead, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. kings and the Lord of Lords. The name above every single name. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? Father, we are your house, Lord. We are your house, Lord. Tell him you're his house. And we're being built together into a house of the Lord. Father, we just take familiarity in Jesus' name and we rebuke it by the name of Jesus. We just command the stronghold of familiarity to come out in Jesus' name. continue to worship if you need to go you just feel to go but I, the Holy Spirit's here and we're not moving <laughs> 